What's up, everybody? Steven and Brandon here. Are you thinking of starting your own podcast? Try Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast, and the best part, it's free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your pod right from your devices, and they will distribute your pod for you so it can be heard on all platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Now, Brandon, I know you said the best part is that it's free, but I may one-up you here. Guys, you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Everything you need to make a pod in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started what's going on everybody welcome to the behind the glass sports podcast the podcast where i do it from a uh, construction closet somewhere and brandon is in wonder woman's lair as you can see uh we want to thank (laughs) you for listening whether you're listening on youtube spotify apple Podcasts, anchor google Podcasts, pocket cast breaker overcast radio public thanks so much for tuning in shout out to everybody that's even clicked play one time we appreciate all you do all uh all of that love that you're giving us. We really do appreciate it. We're obviously doing this on a Tuesday. Um, should I should I tell the story that I just told you, Brandon, of why we couldn't do it yesterday? Yeah, yeah go ahead. <laughs> well, see, where I live, there's a bunch of tigers and cougars roaming around, and I was trying to defend my dog's honor and save his life. No, that's not how it happened. I was helping prepare dinner the other night, and... Uh, <laughs> went to go get some some steak out of the marinade packet that we use and when i went to put the the fork in the steak to to kind of get it out there uh yeah some juice flung back in my eye had to rinse that out notice that the the next three or four days preceding that or not preceding that after that uh my eye was a little bit more pink than usual so i was like oh god hopefully i don't have pink eye or something like that so i went to the doctors yesterday luckily no infection however i did cut my eye somehow so either raw beef juice can cut your eye or i have the rubbing eye talent of like a miniature lion and can just (laughs) shred my cornea regardless we're here we thank you for tuning in and stopping by we got a jam-packed show for you today we wanted to last week uh because we didn't get to it because of brandon's crazy take of wanting to trade every hall of fame quarterback known to man we wanted to talk about some nba stuff we didn't get to it last week we'll get to it today because first take espn's first take put out their list of 15 primetime players so we'll get to that von miller says the only way you stop uh kansas city's offense and patrick mahomes in in particular is not by playing defense so that's an odd strategy we'll see how that works out for the Broncos this year but I think he might be making some sense so we'll get to all that but let's get to NBA first and I know you want to go through the comments too from that video that mm, uh that yeah. kind of got us some traction really really fired up some people if I if I must say so myself but first take as I mentioned rank their top 15 NBA players right now have you seen that list yet uh, no, I'm trying to find it. Okay, so it's on Twitter if you go to their Twitter. Uh, they released 15 through 11. They released their first 10 uh, top 10 player yesterday. So I'll go through the list of 15 through 11. At 15, you have Jimmy Butler, 14, Kyrie Irving, 13, Paul George, 12, Russell Westbrook, and 11, Joel Embiid. Cracking top 10 was Denver Nuggets' own star, Nikola Jokic, which I thought was very interesting. Now, the guys went through it. Uh, The question that was posed to the First Take crew was, is Nikola Jokic a superstar yet? Uh, Max Kellerman said that even though he is a star, he doesn't feel that he's in that superstar range just yet. I, If you go back and listen to the clip, I, I didn't think there was anything in there that he said wrong. And this is coming from a Jokic fanboy, uh, speaking of myself. But when you look at 15 through 11, before we even approach Jokic... What are your thoughts on that? Do you think they got it right? Jimmy Butler, Kyrie Irving, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, Joel Embiid. 
Um, gosh, I guess it's it's hard to look at. It's hard to think about all of the other players right now without yeah. seeing the full. I wish they would have done like twenty, the top twenty or twenty five, just so that I could see kind of who's just outside of that. Right. Um. I mean, it's, it's okay. So it goes. So at fifteen, you have Jimmy Butler, who, Jimmy Butler, and then Kyrie Irving, Paul George, Westbrook at twelve, and Bede at eleven. So does that mean Damian Lillard is in the top 10? Or it could mean he's not in the uh, top 15 at all. Because I would have him above most of those guys. So. Really? Yeah. I, w- I would have him ahead of Jimmy Butler. I would have him ahead of. Uh, I- Paul George is a tough one for me. Yeah, I don't because- think I'd take him over Paul George. Um, but the other four, what, what about clay? Would you put clay ahead of any of them? Ooh, um, it's going to sound weird maybe to the, uh, casual NBA fan, but I think I would take clay Thompson over Russell Westbrook personally. And I might take, yeah, I'm surprised Westbrook is, yeah, I'm surprised Westbrook is that high. Yeah, it sounds crazy, but I think I would take Clay Thompson over Russell Westbrook and Kyrie Irving. I know that sounds really crazy, but you look at both of those guys, specifically Kyrie Irving, it's a guy who has just, it seems like every team he goes to, there's issues that surround that team. And then he also has his injury issues on top of that. Now, obviously uh-huh. he's a great scorer and you know that's that's not even going to be questioned. But I think I would take Clay just because he's not a headache in the locker room. Obviously, he's not skilled like Kyrie is offensively. Probably can't score in multiple ways like Kyrie can. But Klay Thompson is no slouch on the offensive end either. And he can D you up on the other end. He's one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. And yeah, Russell Westbrook, so... on the other hand, I think he's just as great as he is. I just think he's he's limited. If you, if you can force him to shoot three-pointers and do your best to keep him out of the lane, you've, you've kind of nullified his best asset <laughs> right some notable ones that i guess you didn't mention that's probably not in top 10 that would be right in that range donovan mitchell uh trey young um devin booker carl anthony towns the last one i would say maybe makes is bradley beal and i think those are all guys or that are Tatum. 16 to 25 yeah. I don't know if they're ready to break that um that 15 top 15 mark. I think that's like I said the 16 to 25 range. If I had to just off the top of my head and we probably should have just made a list before we even did this, but if I had to off the top of my head right now think of, you know, my top 10 players, I'd go LeBron James, I'd go Kevin Durant, obviously assuming everybody's healthy. I know Kevin's injured, but LeBron James, Kevin Durant, I think at three, I'm taking. Ooh, it's 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 either Giannis or it's Kawhi. Three or four, you, you can interchange those guys if you want. At five, oh, I think five and six, you can make an argument for Steph and James Harden at those spots. I think. Okay. Um, who am I missing here? Anthony Davis. Anthony Luka. Davis, you can throw in. 
you know, and then once you get to that back, that seven, eight, nine, ten. I mean, I think these are all guys that you can kind of move around or interchangeable. So you got your Anthony Davises. Who else am I missing here that I can't Luca. think of? I don't know if I put Luca in the top ten yet. Really? I think I think he could be a top. You know what? I think he could be a top fifteen player though. Right now, I think I would take Luca over Jimmy Butler. I think I would take Luca I mean, over Kyrie and Russell Westbrook. And he's nearly Andrew averaging Reed. a triple double though. Yeah, I well, yeah, yeah. No, that's. I mean, I wouldn't listen. I wouldn't crap on it if someone put him in their top ten. I need. I need a full list of of like NBA players here. Who am I missing? Here, yeah, I'll I'll send you. I'll send you the one I'm looking at. Because um, I have LeBron James, Kevin Durant. You know, I'll, I'll go Kawhi. Then I'll go Giannis. Then I'll go Steph when he's healthy. Then I'll go James Harden. Then Anthony Davis. All right, so I send you through Twitter. Okay, so that's seven. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know who I'm missing at this point. I mean, I'm not putting Ben Simmons in there. God no. Forget that. Let's see. <laughs> yeah. But, but are I, I you mean, with list- me at least at, at at to seven? I mean, that's that's pretty much the the core group right there, wouldn't you say? Well, I would go. Yeah. As far as I would, I think my order would be slightly different. Uh, so I would have LeBron. Then I would have Giannis. Over Kevin, over a healthy Kevin Durant. Yeah, as of right now, yeah, you're nuts. Um, and and just the only reason, I guess I'm counting age. Too. Uh, Kevin's only thirty one, thirty two. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean, it is those those two are two and three. Those two are two and three. Okay, for me. Uh, I mean, Giannis is gonna win MVP. You know, so it's like, and he was in the what top five last year as well. I mean, just what he does, he's the only one like him in the league. Um, I mean, I guess KD is as well, but it's just, I mean, if if he could, if he could get a, if he could just get a, a solid mid range jumper, a three point shot, like he would be yeah. the best player in the league, hands down. Yeah, it's um, almost kind of what you're seeing with Giannis is it was kind of the the evolution with LeBron early on in his career, right? A guy who could get to the rim at will and was so dominant athletically, mm-hmm. but come that first finals appearance, all San Antonio did was say shoot the ball and he couldn't right. do it. And that's kind of what we saw uh a couple years ago when Giannis was bounced out. Um Yeah, I mean, looking at this list too, you know what? I think I would put Luca in the top ten because for for some reason I just feel like I'm missing more NBA players that I'm not thinking about. But if I had to choose, I think I go LeBron, KD. I'll go Kawhi right now over Giannis. I'll put Giannis okay. at four. I think I would put Steph when he's healthy at five, six James yeah. Harden, seven. I probably go. Ooh, Luca or Anthony Davis? Uh, That's the hard one. That's so we we have the same top eight. I think I'd go Luca. I think I go Luca at seven. Just different order. Yeah, I think I go Luca at seven. Anthony Davis at eight. I'd probably put. You know what? I think Damian Lillard does deserve to be in the top ten. Yeah, I think I'd put him at either nine or ten. And 10, I think you can make an argument for a multitude of guys. You know, the Paul Georges, Jokic. I think, you know, yeah, I don't know if I'd, I'd put at, Jimmy Butler there. At 10, I'd probably put Jokic. Yeah, I'd say it's only, between George and Jokic there. 
Yeah, the only reason why I would put Jokic is just because he can do more than everyone else on this list. Like, it's him and Paul George right there. Um, but, I think I'd I mean, probably give, give the slight edge to Paul George right now. Slightly, just because with Jokic, If we're taking injuries times. out of it. Yeah, if these guys are fully healthy, who who do you want? You're getting prime, fully healthy. I'll always take the wing guy over. Exactly. Well, and I think you know now. Paul George doesn't strike me as like a killer, you know, the killer right. instinct player. But with Jokic, there's too many times where we question his drive, and the talent is there. But it's just like you just you know what he can do. You saw it in the playoffs. I mean, this guy was throwing up triple doubles, putting up forty burgers on people, you know, in, in triple overtimes. So the talent is there. I don't think Jokic is any lower than eleven. But no. I, I could I would probably take Paul George, a healthy Paul George over Nicola right now, but not by much. Yeah, and yeah, I guess I would have to take Paul George. I would go I would go LeBron. I'm going to take Giannis at two. Uh, I just think he's he's just different with what yeah. he can do. Um, KD at three, Kawhi at four, if injuries are taken off. If we're counting as of how they are right now, KD would drop. Uh, because I don't know how he's going to come back with that with that injury. I just, but I no, mean, I don't these know. These guys are fully healthy. Fully healthy right. prime guys. So it's, it's Kevin um, Durant. At his peak, then yeah, I have him at three, quiet at four. Oh. I'm I'm gonna go Steph at five. Okay, Harden at six. Okay, uh, I'm gonna go. You know what? No, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I would rather have Luca than Harden. Oh, here here's the Harden slander. <laughs> Brandon no. has a history of this. No. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think Luca does a little bit more. As as far as defensively, um, his ability Harden is a great passer. He he is, but he has the ball constantly, and I think it's a bit the way they play and the way that offense works allows him to get a little bit more assists than, you know, if you put like LeBron in that offense, I think he probably averages like fourteen assists, like twelve to fourteen assists. Okay, so I think that offense kind of helps him. Uh, so I'm gonna take. I would rather have Luca than Harden. Um. So, I'm going to have Luke at 6, Harden at 7. I'm going to go AD at 8. I'm going to go Lillard at 9, George at 10, Jokic at 11. At 12, this one's hard. I'm going to go with gosh, I'm going to I'm going to go with Kyrie at 12. Um, at, oh gosh, well, no, I'm going to go Embiid at 12. Kind of forget about Embiid. Yeah, Embiid at 12, uh, Kyrie at 13, Jimmy Butler at 14, and then to round it out, I'm going to go with, who am I missing? 15 is kind of hard. Uh, I wouldn't even have Russ in my top 15 right now. Really? Yeah, I think I'd rather have Donovan Mitchell. Uh, I don't know if I'd go that far. I mean, there's Donovan, there's Devin Booker who's averaging twenty six, six and four every night. There's 
Trey Young, who's averaging 30 in his second year and along with nine assists. Steph Curry light. There's Carl Anthony Towns. Um even even the way Jason Tatum was playing, Bradley Beal, kind of forget about right. Bradley Beal averaging 30 points per game, and he's only 26. And he's tucked away in Washington, so you can never see him. <laughs> right. So it's like the the amount of of talent between, I would say, 10 or even from like – like there's I think there's a gap between like whoever I had at 8, which is Anthony Davis – Right, and then after that, it's like okay, there's from nine to twenty, nine to twenty. I mean, you could have any of them really mm. from, you know, in, in, within that within that area. At least most of them, because I mean, if you look at it, Trey Young is averaging thirty points per game, nine assists. So, and he's only twenty one. There's some people that would take Trey Young. Over Damian Lillard, who's what twenty nine, and we've seen who he is. He's never averaged thirty and nine in in a season, right? Russell Westbrook, I mean, he's thirty one, but he's still he can't really his three ball is inconsistent, his jumper really in general is inconsistent. So some people would rather take Trey over him. Same with Donovan Mitchell. Same with you know Devin Booker. I mean, Devin Booker put up seventy in a game. Yeah, I so, mean, and I think if you're looking too, I mean, if you're looking for the future, then yeah, obviously this list changes a little bit. But I mean, if we're if it's top fifteen guys, best players right now, you know, guys you take to start your franchise type of mentality right now, or if you had one season to play and it's for a championship, who you're taking? I don't know if I'm taking Trey Young over, you know, a Damian Lillard or anything like that. But for right. the future, then then sure, that's a different story. But you know, once you get past 10 and you get 11 through 15, I mean, then it's really just uh, now at that point, it's just preference. You know, who do you want at that point? But I think top 10, like there's I, th- I think our list, we have the same guys just kind of mixed around in different orders. But with mm-hmm. first takes list, they had Jokic at 10. Getting back to that, he was their first player to talk uh, to crack the top 10. What are your thoughts on on Jokic being 10 on their list? Do you think he's deserving of that right now? Uh, you know, we both said that we'd probably take, you know, Paul George over him mm-hmm. there. But overall, what are your thoughts on the ranking? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I he's right there. And I think if we're if we're ta- if we were talking about this a year ago, a year ago today, when they're in the playoffs and the way he was playing in the playoffs, he would be in the top 10. So. I think it's just the way we watched him this year and or this past season before uh before everything got stopped. I think for us our ranking on him lowered a bit because of that. And it it might have for them too, but not enough to where um not enough to where like they they're seeing it every day. Like we we were watching him every single game and seeing the issues every night. Whereas for them, they're just kind of looking at the numbers. And I mean, he's still averaging 20, 10 and seven or whatever he's averaging. And, you know, they're winning, they're winning games. They're two, three seed in the West. So it's like, you, you kind of have to put him in the top 10 if you're looking at it from that perspective. But when you're watching him every day, I think for us, it's just, 
it's more frustration when we're seeing things like, well, he didn't do this this night, you know, against against the New York Knicks. He didn't put up, you know, he only put up, you know, 14 points. They won, but it's like we're watching every single game and, you know, those games don't really get any attention from national media. So they don't see that. They don't see a as much of an inconsistent Nikola Jokic. We see that all the time throughout the game. You know, in the, you know, in the first quarter, we, we could be like, "Is he? Is he playing? Is he out there?" And all of a sudden, you know, the end of the game, you're looking at the box box score, and he puts up 25, 14, and eight, and you're like, "I don't even remember seeing him shoot the ball." Yeah. So it's, it, I think it's just from our perspective, for us, we because we watch him every day. He's not in the top ten for us, at least not yet. He's not. He's not doing it every night and every single minute of those games. Whereas guys like Paul George, Kyrie, um, even Russ, they're doing it every single minute of the game, and that's the difference. I mean, that's what separates these what top, I would say top eight players between the right. I guess even top top nine, top ten players that at least on our list that separates them from the rest of the group is that they're doing it every single night, every single minute of the game. If Kyrie is healthy, you know, he's going a hundred percent every single minute of that game. Same with Damian Lillard, same with even same with Russell Westbrook, even though he's not efficient, he's that's why he's in the top 10 because he's doing it every single night and he's consistent. Luca, you know, for him being in his what third year, he's doing it every single night, every single minute, every single night he's doing Yeah. Second year. So, you know, same with James Harden. You don't see these guys put up a 15-4 and four game like Nikola Jokic does every once in a while. These guys are putting up 20-plus points. They might not be efficient that night, but they're, they're still putting up those points. Yeah. They're still getting those assists, getting those rebounds. They're doing it every night. And when you watch those games every single night, they're playing hard every single minute of those. You know, and some, sometimes defensively, some of these guys will take a, a playoff, but offensively they're going and and they're you know they're extremely hard to stop every single play whereas Jokic he he disappears a lot and and I think that's the problem that we have with him and national media just doesn't see that yeah and I think there's a lot probably a good thing a lot to unpack here I think there's a lot of factors that that go into this one I'll agree with you for sure I think when you're around your team and you watch this team consistently you nitpick more often than what the national media does because you just watch the team more simply because of that reason so it's easy to be uh, hypercritical of your team of this player or your favorite player whatever the case is more so than the national media but I think you also see what this player can do. And I think part of the frustration is with, with Nicola is that you've seen what he can do. He can flat out right. dominate this league in just watch the playoffs. Exactly. Whether it's in the post, in the past, you know, passing the ball. He's a playmaker at the center position, which is crazy. He he does so much, and I thought Max Kellerman really put it great and hit it on the head when he said yesterday, when they asked him the question, how how far away is Jokic from being a superstar? He said that that Jokic is, in terms of when it comes to being into that next echelon of guys, is that 
he's he's close but he doesn't have that that drive every night to want to do it and i think part of that is because he's coming from a european style of play which to be honest mm-hmm. is more fundamental it's not necessarily one-on-one basketball it's more team basketball oriented so you have to constitute that into into this you know equation of of why Nicola see, I, isn't a, a, a at this killer. point though i don't like that excuse because right right over in dallas there's another guy who is has played in the you know is is from overseas and was playing what professionally in european basketball for how many years right but here here's and the he difference comes, though he that. comes right over and he's different but here's the difference with that and here, here's what I was going to get to. Jokic is with that European mentality. Now, I don't think Luka is a killer. I think he can score. He can score, but I don't see him as a killer like a you know a Kobe, a Michael, or a Russell yeah. Westbrook. He doesn't have that attitude, that switch. He can score, though. He can get buckets. Mm-hmm. With Nikola, he's not a guard either. He's a center. So I think part right. of that is the mentality of he's a team first player, but also he's playing a dependent position where he doesn't have the ball. Whereas if he was a forward or a guard, then we might see it a little bit differently. So I think it's it's all of these things wrapped up into one. But then all that to say, and Max Kellerman said this as well, the reason the Nuggets are a powerhouse, quote unquote, or a top team is because of Nikola Jokic. So even though right. he's inconsistent, even though there's nights where you want to pull your hair out and you're like, how is he only shooting two shots and we're in the third quarter? Or how does he have zero points and we're midway through the second right now? He just seems like he's not there. The reason that they're relevant is is because of that guy. And I think mm-hmm. that that adds to another layer of frustration because you know if he could just have that switch like Giannis turned on and it, it hit for Giannis where it's like, I can dominate. If he just turned that on and realized when it should be his time to dominate and set the tone as opposed to, okay, I'm going to get everybody else involved right now, I think that's what will take him to the next level, which he just hasn't reached yet. But at the same time, he's averaging 20, 10, and 6. So it's like there's so much yeah. left to be desired, and he's right there. Well, and, and that's the hard thing is I'm not sure he'll ever hit that. I don't think I, – I really – if – you know, I, for me, I do not like when a team tries to build around a center yeah. because they're limited. And Nikola Jokic is a bit different because of the way he can handle handle the ball. He is a point center. So he is a bit different, but at the same time, to me, if the Nuggets were to ever, or if Nikola Jokic were to ever win a championship, he's not the reason. He's a exactly. he's a big part of it, but he's not he's not going to win Finals MVP. At least in my mind, someone else has to do it. Someone else has to be the the number one guy on the team, and it has to be a wing. And for me, I will never build a team. I would, I would never build a team around a point guard or a center. In 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 today's NBA, it's. I mean, look at the past, however many championships, right? I mean, other than Steph, because Steph is the outlier because of his uh, his ability to shoot the ball. But even then, they lost to LeBron. They had to go out and get Kevin Durant. So, and he didn't even play well in the finals. And any of any of the ones that they won, he didn't play well. So for me, I I don't like building a team around a point guard or a center because they are limited. Centers cannot handle the ball, pass the ball, or just score out on the wing with their you know just their inability to 
just do the things that guys like LeBron, Kevin Durant, Kawhi, Jan, anyone who's out on the wing, they, they can just do different things. They're more versatile. And the centers just can't do that. Nicole, again, Jokic is the closest that we've seen that can do those things. Yeah. Because of his ability, his IQ, his ability to pass the ball and, and even handle the ball. But at the same time, he, he can't, he will never be able to get to that level, right? He'll never be able to get to a Kevin Durant level who's just as tall as Nikola Jokic, but there's a difference. He's a natural wing guy, even though they're the same height, almost basically the same height. KD, Giannis, LeBron, they're all just natural wing guys. And that's, that's the difference. And so, again, just for me and, and with point guards, they're usually just too small. You know, they don't, they don't have the strength to go out, go down in the post or, you know, you, you need, I would say you need a guy who can play out the wing. Who's, I mean, I guess Dwayne Wade was only six, four, but he was naturally out on the wing. So he was, he was able to do those things. Whereas like Steph, can you see Steph doing things like, like even like Dwayne Wade does or did as far as being out in the wing and not having the ball in his hands and being able to score without the ball. Steph? All the, having the ball all the time? Yeah, Steph. Yeah, no, Steph does that. Yeah. I mean... Steph is one of the best off-ball players I think I've ever seen. I think he's right. more lethal off-ball than... But, that, but that's that's why he's an, that's why he's an outlier. Yeah. But like, but like other point guards and I just... For me, and just even looking at the history of the NBA, you don't you don't see that with point guards or centers no and I, again I when's, the last, when's the last time a team built around a point guard and won a championship take out Steph cause, so because he's the outlier when was the point guard the best player on the team of a championship yeah. team mm-hmm. maybe that early Detroit Piston team was Chauncey the best player on that team you know with Rip Hamilton uh, Tayshaun Prince yeah know, I guess Ben Wallace I think but they were was an extremely team. balanced team. Right. And and they didn't really, at the time, they didn't have any stars. That was a team that had just a bunch of really good right. players, and it was just a really good team. I mean, it's it's a, you'd be hard-pressed to find. I mean, you can go back to those those Spurs teams, but Tony Parker wasn't the best player on the team. It was mm-hmm. Tim Duncan, no. you know? So it's, it's tough, and I, I agree with you. I think it's hard to build around point guards and centers, and even though the, the NBA is becoming more positionless, I think you still need – right now we're seeing the theme where a lot of the best players in the league are the wing guys and specifically the guys who are two-way wing guys. LeBron, right. Kawhi's, Giannis, Paul George, those type of players. It's been a, a – you know Kevin Durant you could throw in there. It's been a mold that's been created over the past – you know in, in the early 2010s on. And and as, as far as you know building around them, I, I wouldn't do it for sure. But – it's an interesting conversation to have. And what about and, and Ben Simmons? Would you want to build around Ben Simmons? Oh, hell no. Hell no. I am not a Ben Simmons fan. Good God. The, my, just the shooting? My point guard, if, if you cannot, at the very least, have the threat of shooting from 12 to 18 
what is what is the point? And I'm not trying to discount Ben Simmons like he he's not an all star level player because he can get to the basket. Obviously, he's a gifted passer. He's great defensively as a six eight six nine point guard. But I just think he's a liability, and that's why I just don't mm-hmm. think that 76ers team will ever will ever reach their potential right. is because they have two guys who are relegated to most of their points come within the paint, and all you have yeah. to do is clog up the lane. That's why they have to spread them, you know, or build that team with so many shooters and 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 help them out but at the same time it's like ben simmons is is such a liability when it comes to the playoffs not only because he can't shoot free throws but the guy has no threat of any sort of mid-range jumper it's it's crazy Mm -hmm. i i like ben simmons i think he's talented but i think he's way way overrated yeah i think so too and it's funny that what we just got done talking about as far as building around you know a specific guy and a certain type of player and the, the 76ers are doing the exact opposite. They're built. They're trying to build around a center who isn't a great passer, who isn't, who can't really handle the ball at all, oh. not like Jokic, and a point guard, a six foot nine point guard who can't shoot. can't shoot. Yeah, and he has to have the ball in his hand, and he has to just get to the rim, and that's all he can really do offensively. So they're trying to build around two guys that don't fit the mold. No. essentially no and and they both get in each other's way and you can see it and i think that's why a lot of people say they have to somewhat break that thing up you have to choose one and go from there if it's yeah. ben simmons okay get a bunch of shooters around him that you can go five out and he can go to the basket and try and you know dish to these guys okay if it's Embiid, it, it's funny because you can kind of build this, the team around them the same way but you just kind of have to get rid of one of them almost for it to yeah. to work but yeah. going back to what you what you said about about Jokic and 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 building around Jokic and not wanting to do it around him i think we agree and, and we're in alignment and i'm sure nuggets fans will probably hate to hear this even though we're nuggets fans ourselves but we're just realistic with the situation if the Nuggets want to reach their potential, obviously they need a lot of things to happen, like LeBron to please retire, Kevin Durant to like please get worse. Uh, I, at least he's out in these. Off. Yeah, just a lot of things need to happen for this to to really go down. You know, it's not like a two K simulation where you can rattle off three in a row. Thank you though for that. But at the same time, if the Nuggets want to win a championship, I don't think it has to be because Jokic, or it shouldn't be, it won't be because Jokic is the best player. I think we're in agreement on this. It has to be Jamal Murray has to take that next step, which I have my own questions about. I don't think mm-hmm. he can do it because he's just too inconsistent. But the one that everybody really has to focus on is Michael Porter Jr. And yeah. if the Nuggets want to take that next step, even if MPJ is a poor man's version of Kevin Durant, he is the guy that will take them from a first, second round playoff team to a Western Conference team, championship contending team. Now, at that point, to get them really over the hump to win it, then you need the Jamal Murray's, Gary Harris's, that third, fourth option to come in. But I think Jokic can get them there to the playoffs, but MPJ is the one that'll take it to the Western Conference championship realm if he can reach what we all hope and pray he can reach, or if Jamal Murray can do it. But I have my questions and yeah. reservations about Jamal. If if they could get if they could somehow pull off a deal where they could get Bradley Beal, that puts some. What would that take though? I don't know. It, it would, would take, take a lot. It would take Jamal, probably Gary. I think if you can get away with not having to trade Jamal, MPJ, or Jokic and still get Bradley Beal, Bradley Beal, you do that in a second. 
Yeah, so I don't think you can do that though, because he just signed that extension. So he's not going to be a, a free agent anytime soon. Right. I, I mean, it just depends on what Washington wants to do. If they want to completely restart, I think they would take a, um, I mean, you would have to get rid of like guys like Gary Harris, Monte Morris. Um, look, Monte Morris can be a starter in the league and maybe Washington sees that. Uh, and that's probably a guy that they would want. So you give them Gary Harris, Monte Morris, um, maybe Jeremy Grant. I don't even think um, that's close. If I'm Washington, I'm not even taking the, right the phone bowl call. Bowl. Yeah, but if I'm Washington, I'm not even taking the phone call unless it's Jamal or MPJ that's in the deal. If it's not one of those two to at least start the conversation, then I'm hanging up the phone. That's just me. I wouldn't yeah. do it. Now, now, stranger things could happen, and hell, they could have you know a bunch of you know minions running their front office, and they're like, sure, give us Gary who can't score, and give us Jeremy Grant who's a nice athletic player, but other than that, he's limited. Monte Morris, who's a you know he can be a starting level point guard, but really he's probably in ideal situation the the backup coming on a you know a contending team and you're not going to get a top pick if you're the nuggets because you're good so if you're what about a guy like demar Derozan? was san antonio possibly looking to uh, completely restart and rebuild would you get rid would you work out a deal with uh with san antonio to get demar Derozan? i don't think demar Derozan at this point in his career takes you over the top though I don't think if you add him now, do I think it makes you more dangerous in certain ways? Offensively? Yes. But we have to remember too, DeRozan is, isn't a, he's not a step out guy. He predominantly works in the mid range. He's a great mid range guy. Now that's not to say that he can't shoot a three and make it, but he, his bread and butter is in the mid range. And we saw that in the playoffs when we saw him up close and personal, when San Antonio was here taking on uh, the nuggets. So I mean, sure, but I just I, – I think that's another deal that would kind of just – it would make you better, but would it make you a championship contender? Is that going to put you over the top versus L.A., both L.A. teams? Is it going to put you over the top over a healthy Golden State team? I don't think so. Right. Well, that and, and that's the thing is where they are – you either have to I, – I think they're kind of in a tough spot, and I think they it's lost op- their opportunities <laughs> yeah. to really make a move that can – whether it's a trade or in free agency that could completely change their their outlook as far as where they should be at. Yeah. Uh, but as of right now, I, I think they're stuck, and you have to hope that your guys develop into stars. It's really and good. unfortunately, you know, with how young they are, it's going to take a lot of time. And that's why for me, you know, when, when I look at this team, I don't, I don't think their window is going to be open for another two years, at least. I'm thinking that 2022, 2023 season is probably their window. Because at that point, you're saying that Nikola Jokic is right in the middle of his prime, 26, 27. Uh, Jamal is pretty much hitting it, right? He, he would be about 24. Um, same with MPJ. MPJ would be 23-24. Uh, and I don't think they would have Gary at that point. Uh, we don't know what Bull Bull is going to really turn into. So, I mean, could there be a situation where you're starting Nikola Jokic at the four and putting Bull Bull at the five? 
So you that said could be, you said 2022 is your is the season, right? Yeah. 22-23. Mhm. So at that point in that last in that year, Jokic will be going into the final year of his deal. Gary yep. will he you know his deal would have expired the year before. Will Barton They'd probably would, let him walk. Yeah, Will Barton's would have expired the year before. Mm-hmm. Jamal will be here for, you know, for at least through 24-25. So you, I mean, you'll have the core of Jokic and and you know Jamal and yeah. MPJ's it just depends on how they build around. Yeah, and MPJ's deal is going to be up the year before in twenty one twenty two. Yeah, but he's on a rookie contract; they'll be able to resign him easily. Right. So, yeah, that that could be the window, but they need an alpha, unless you know Jokic turns into that, or unless MPJ turns into that, or Jamal. Right. They they either have to go the route of OKC of drafting this great talent and hoping they develop. Now, obviously, getting three MVPs out of it, that's a huge outlier. Three <laughs> Hall of Famers, like the hell of a yeah, job. Yeah, letting every single one of them go. Yeah, and you don't even get a champion. That's 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 the crazy part is they drafted, they did everything right. They got three MVP-level players and three future Hall of Famers, and they didn't win a championship. Part of that is because they chose to pay Serge Ibaka over James Harden, which at yeah. to be fair to OKC, okay, at that point, Serge Ibaka was a defensive player of the year candidate and award winner. James mm-hmm. Harden was a second man who looked really promising, was averaging like 13 to 15, looked really good, but no one thought James Harden was going to turn into what he turned into now. So, no. I mean, you kind of have to give him credit there, but they did everything right and they still didn't win a championship. That means the Nuggets... You know, best case scenario, all plums and roses. Jokic turns into an alpha. Jamal Murray becomes that guy. Michael Porter becomes that guy, and you still don't you still don't get it. Or, or one of them doesn't want to be here anymore. Or you have to trade one of them, and it's or you run into a LeBron, a Kawhi, yeah. a Giannis. Yeah, I mean that's just the reality of it. Yeah. And I mean, you you look at just watching the Last Dance and looking at you know. Uh, luckily for Houston back then they got they got lucky and were able to avoid playing the Bulls and yeah. they got two championships out of it mm-hmm. Jordan eliminated um, 20 Hall of Famers and the the one player he eliminated the most was Patrick Ewing it was four times in the playoffs yeah like and that's what the Nuggets could be in too like they could find themselves in a situation where it's like they're just at the mercy of all these great teams and you never get it as well that way which which yeah and unfortunately for them they they don't have that guy that changes the league they don't have a MJ they don't have a LeBron a Kobe they don't they don't have they don't have a Giannis honestly I think you would need a top three I mean look at the last you know 10 years i mean i really think the only team to really i mean i guess san antonio is different just because they had but they had Kawhi. i mean again you had tim duncan when he was a top three player in the league and then you had Kawhi when and he was you know he won finals mvp and you still had tim duncan towards the end of his career so on his last legs there yeah but i mean you still have a guy like Kawhi who you know, was, was playing the way he, you, you need a top, I would say at least top five guy, but probably top three. Yeah. And I I mean, that's just just the reality of it or Giannis anytime soon. (laughs) Right. It's, it's a crazy situation, but ultimately I think we're both in agreement that, you know, with this list, Jokic being 10, 
I think we're fine with that. Personally, you know, I think for both of us, we agreed probably just outside of that right now. But there's no doubt he's a he's an easy top 15 player in the NBA right now. And, and I don't think that's up for dispute. And anybody that wants to, you know, you know, be on the bandwagon of, oh, Joel Embiid is better or Carl Anthony Towns is better. I think those guys may have more talent, but they're not the better player necessarily. With Joel Embiid, you have the injuries and and you have also the inconsistency question with mm-hmm. him as well. He's a better defensive player than Jokic, but Jokic is is slowly turning that narrative around that he's just a slouch oh, yeah. on yeah. defense. I think he's one of the most underrated pass tippers and stealers in the nba how many times do you see his hand just poke the ball free or he tips uh, a ball and you know going through the lane it's it's crazy and then and that's his iq right and, and cat he hasn't done it in the playoffs you know his first year in the playoffs he his his averages went way down whereas Jokic's went way up i believe he went right. from a 26 and like 10 guy cat did in the regular season to like an 18 and 7 guy whereas Jokic is going from a 20 10 and 6 guy and then he averages like 25 plus 30 plus you know so it's it's all relative to to how these guys perform not only in the regular season but the playoffs we see it with Jokic he's an easy top 10 guy but kind of transitioning here speaking of defense with Jokic going to defense with the Broncos Von Miller how about this did you see this he says the best way to stop the Chiefs is not by playing defense kind of I'm I'm kind of (laughs) shaking that up a little bit he said you can't really really stop Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs which is correct and that the only way to beat this team is for your offense to score more points. I don't know if that's kind of taken a little bit of a shot at the Broncos because they haven't been able to score year year in and year out and the offense has been poor. However, I do I do think Vaughn has a point. Now he did say in his quote that yes, you can get them off the field. It is possible to get up, you know, a three and out here and there. But at the end of the day, it's up to the offense to kind of keep pace. And I think Vaughn is right. With those type of players and those type of offenses, you can only contain them for so long before they mm-hmm. eventually just break free, which is what we saw in the Super Bowl. San Francisco, right. they stifled Kansas City, and all it took was one play to Tyreek Hill, and it blew the game open because Jimmy Garoppolo just couldn't handle the pressure. Do you have any issue with Vaughn's comments? Do you agree? No. Uh, I, I 100% agree. Go back and look at the watch the Houston game, that Houston playoff game. Yeah, they're up what twenty four to zero. God, they should have lost so many times in that playoffs. I hate the Chiefs so much. They, they, Damn, they man. were they were Houston was up twenty four to nothing, and what changed the game was the fake punt, right? But why did Houston do that? Because they knew they had to keep scoring. Yeah, yeah. there was there was no goals. way, right? There was no way they could win. If they couldn't keep scoring. Correct. Because at some point, they knew that Kansas City would get going. Mm-hmm. Now, they didn't think that Kansas City would take the lead in a quarter because they were up 24 nothing with, like, what, seven minutes or ten minutes left in the second half? Yeah, and the they ended up blowing them out. They put up a first half on them. Well, yeah, but they took the lead by halftime. Yeah. They had a 24 nothing lead in the second quarter. Yeah. And Kansas City had a 28-24 lead at half. And don't forget, too, the Titans were up 10 or twice on Kansas City in their game, and they still lost. Yeah. They they had they put up 28 Damn. points in less than 10 minutes. Stupid. I hate the Chiefs. So, <laughs> like, that's – you You can have a great defense, mm-hmm. 
but your great defense will not be able to hold them to less than 30 points. So that means you have to put up at least, I would say, I would say you need at least 35 points. Get me, get me 35 points. And if, if you're Von Miller, if I'm Von Miller, I'm saying, get me 35 points. And I, we can, as a defense, we can, we can win the game. Yeah. But the offense has to get to 35. And if if you can't do that, you can't beat that team. And it's not like Kansas City has all these ridiculous weapons and they're, you know, they have, you know. They don't have ridiculous I mean, they weapons. Have, they have what? One in Tyreek Hill. I, Who else? Well, they have the fastest man probably on the planet in Tyreek Hill. That's, that's they one. They have... Travis Kelsey, who's going to be a Hall of Fame tight end. Okay, I forgot about Travis Kelsey. Okay, you got two. So you got that. Patrick Mahomes is a weapon. He can throw I'm from any angle. Patrick, that's what I'm saying, though. Not counting Patrick Mahomes. Well, you can only have you have skill position players. But it's not like you're the Broncos where you're like, oh, we have all these five, six guys that can turn into these great players. Right. They have two great weapons. Yeah. That's it. And it's really, not it's like you're the saying, it's not like it's not like this team has back with the with the Broncos had uh DT, Decker, Wes Welker, Julius Thomas. You have four guys right there who are all Pro Bowl level guys who are in their own right, without a great quarterback, are all still talented players. You have four of them. Is that twenty thirteen Broncos offense better than the Chiefs offense from last year? The weapons are. You have more weapons. But, but, and, and look, Peyton's great, but what Mahomes does is just different because of the way he can, just the way he is in the pocket and the way he is outside of the, there was that game I remember in what, 20, uh, it was, it was that year where Mahomes was just breaking on the records. Remember that game in Denver where, uh, yeah, where they had, so many chances to bring him down. He threw the he threw a left-handed pass. I don't want to talk about it. For a first down. And it was a, what, a third and long? And he threw a left-handed pass and turned into a first down. Scrambling left things that, left-handed. <laughs> there's things that he can do that no other quarterback, including a Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, could do. Mm-hmm. He's different. He is yeah. the next evolution of a quarterback that we're seeing in the NFL. He's the next guy, and he is changing the game right now. As as we speak, as we're watching him, we are watching the NFL completely change just live right there as we're watching him play. He's he is the, he's the next guy. He's what when John Elway came into league and completely changed how how quarterbacks can move outside the pocket, make plays with their feet, but also have the arm strength and, and the arm talent to to be a normal and a, a, a pocket quarterback, right? Yeah. Patrick Mahomes is the next evolution of that. You know, and you know what's funny? I think by the time his career is done, he's going to be the best. You know what's he's funny? He's going to be greater than Brady, than Montana, than Elway, than all of them. Right. Um, two things here. One, I like how you're pumping up Mahomes, but... You know, a few days ago, you wanted to trade him for some <laughs> draft pick. So I just, I just want to throw that out there. Okay, 
That's that's first and foremost, because I agree with everything you're saying, and you're honestly depressing me, because part of me hates myself for liking to watch Patrick Mahomes, even though he plays for the Chiefs, and I hate the Chiefs with every part. I of enjoy life. watching him. He's he's a fun watch for sure. Yeah. But two, it's funny you mentioned John Elway. That's who Mahomes reminds me of. Honestly, if yeah. you if you go back and watch old he's an upgraded Elway tape, version. like just the way they both their mechanics, how they move, how they maneuver. How they were so uh, elusive, maybe a strong term, but they were so hard to bring down. They weren't necessarily mobile guys, but they could get out and move if they had to. But the arm and just the the placement and the touch, it's like you watch Elway and you're like, oh, my God, that's that's like Mahomes. That that reminds me of Patrick Mahomes right now Mm -hmm. and vice versa. It's it's truly depressing. And honestly, I asked you just a little bit ago, is that 2013 Broncos offense better than that Chiefs offense from last year? Is yeah. it bad that part of me would prefer that Chiefs offense just because? And and I get it. The I'll Broncos, take the quarterback, but I'll take Denver's what what Denver had with their weapons. I'll take those. But that Chiefs saying. that Chiefs offense is so dangerous just because of one guy, and it's not even Patrick Mahomes. It's Tyreek Hill. He what he can do with just one play. All if you miss him at the line of scrimmage. That's a touchdown right away. Now, the Broncos did have that with DT, but Tyreek is is on another lo- Like, he dictates coverage. If you do not shade over him or give help, he is completely going to run past your defense. I just, I would not, you know, hate on somebody if they made the argument, and I can't believe I'm saying this because I despise the Chiefs, of that Chiefs offense being maybe more dangerous than that Broncos offense just because of him alone. Now, if Tyreek uh, Hill didn't exist, say you put in, right. you know, another top five, I don't know, Mike Evans or someone like that. Yes, it'd still be a great offense, but it wouldn't be the same as it is right now. Right. And and what I'm saying, though, is you've got, you've got two guys with, with Kansas City who can, who are just, great weapons right who are top of the league in their own in their own position on their own great players yeah but those other guys the other guys on that offense put up big numbers and it was because of Mahomes Mahomes did that right it's kind of like when you look at Brady and all the weapons that he's had over the years the best one's been Randy Moss Wes Welker Julian Edelman and Gronk right mm-hmm and he's never had three of those guys on the same team. Well, I mean, he had he had Welker. I mean, if you want to put he had Welker Hernandez in there, I mean, if we're just looking at specifically on field, yeah, play, I if guess we're just limiting it to that. Obviously, then that, I mean, yeah. those three at that time, a prime Welker, Gronk, and Aaron Hernandez. I mean, okay. that that I, was yeah, I unstoppable. I mean, what? How did you guard those guys, Gronk? With his right, physicality? But what I'm saying though is he's turned average players, and oh, they've yeah. put up numbers and points mm-hmm. with those guys. And I feel like the one weakness that Peyton's always had, even though he could do the same thing, I think Peyton's really, I guess he's just had the benefit of having those great receivers. But yeah. his teams have always given him those options. Yes. To where, look at some of those Colts teams, they had three, four weapons on that team, on that offense that he could go to, including the running back position. Whereas I think what we're looking at, what we've seen with Brady and what we're seeing with Mahomes right now is that 
they don't have the the plethora of weapons that other teams put around their quarterbacks. Their quarterbacks make those other players a hundred times better. Yeah, he has Tyreek Hill and, and Travis Kelsey, and they do their thing, and he doesn't really have to make them better because they're already great. But those other guys like Sammy Watkins, who was a, a guy traveling team to team, couldn't really find the spot, finds Kansas City, and Mahomes makes him that much better. When Tyreek Hill went down in that first game, look what Sammy Watkins did. And throughout the rest of the season, he didn't really do much, but his but he's still uh, looking at his whole season he still put up solid numbers and yeah. he was still good in the playoffs but it was because Mahomes was able to make him better right. um who, can you who are their running backs well they just there's a reason why they uh, took right there's a reason why they Edward just Flair. took him yeah. right there's a reason why they just took him but they won a super bowl with a, a running back Williams? by committee LaShawn McCoy. Right. We could barely name one or two of them that they have. Yeah. We could barely name one of them. I couldn't remember his name. I knew his last name was Williams. Mm-hmm. Didn't know his first name. I think yeah. it's Damien. What I think. But it no, doesn't I, matter. I, <laughs> but that's that's the point I'm making is, and look at you know, look at those teams that Brady's had with New England. You got Julian Edelman and who else? And they're still a top five offense. You know, even, even when Gronk was out, they still were that top offense. And... Looking at Brady now with with Tampa Bay, this is the best group of weapons he's ever had, and so we'll see what he does with that. But he doesn't need that, and that allows his team. You know that allowed New England to go out and get defensive weapons, offensive line help, and that's why they were able to sustain their their dynasty. Really, is because Brady didn't need they didn't need to spend money on weapons. The second you know, Wes Walker became available and needed a lot of money. They would let him go. The only guy they really paid offensively was Gronk. But they found Wes Walker. They found Julian Edelman. They paid him cheap. And they just, they continue to find the next guy. And that's what they yeah. do. And they spend money on defense. And and so for Kansas City, you have that benefit. Patrick Mahomes is so great that he makes those guys better. When Tyree Kill has a massive deal they might sign him, but what if they have another guy and they're like, well, Mahomes will make him into the next Tyreek Hill. You know, they go out and get another speed guy in a draft and they're just like, yeah, Mahomes will just make him into the next guy. Just like Brady made Julian Edelman the next Wes Walker. I mean, it's... It's depressing me. Why do we have to keep going down this road? Why do we have to keep going down Kansas City <laughs> dynasty talk? This is not what this podcast is for. If anything, we poop on Kansas City here. No, I get it. And as long as Patrick Mahomes is there, they're going to be a powerhouse. You know, they're going to be like Russell Wilson. Even though the team's not going to be great around him, they're still going to be winning 10 wins. You know? No, but there's a difference between Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson, too. There's a difference between Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes. There's a big difference. What's the difference? Just that thing. What what Mahomes has what what Mahomes no uh uh what Mahomes has is what is what Brady has. What it's different. You're saying Russell Wilson's not different. He's a great quarterback and he's a top five quarterback, but Mahomes has the ability to be the greatest of all time, just like Brady. Okay, Uh, but there's something different. There's something different. I think that actually separated Brady between Manning. Too. There's there's a there's a there's a next level that Brady was able to hit that Manning wasn't. There's a next level that Mahomes can hit 
that none of these other guys like Russell Wilson, uh, even Aaron Rodgers. There, there's just that that next level that they're that he's able to hit that that I've only seen from one other guy, and that's Tom Brady. Yeah, and then I'm sure you're able to see that with Montana and and even Elway, but there's there's something different about him right. and that you can't just i can't i don't know how to put it into words it's just i it's, can't it's steroids like, that's 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 what it is that's what it's PEDs. like these i'm sure it's like how people try to describe jordan compared to everyone else around him dear aunt spray <laughs> you know the same with lebron there's yeah, just something right. different that there's a different level that they can hit where they can get to a championship, a Super Bowl, an NBA Finals, with just crap around them, yeah, and just average guys that you know that was just trash from another team, and you're like, all right, we'll just take that guy. He's cheap, you know. Brady will make him great. Mahomes will make him great. LeBron will make him great. Jordan will make him great because they're that good. Saying that, all that, that's, you, uh, that's them. Are you ready to walk back what you said last week? Or are you still sticking with that? From that perspective, I was saying from a GM perspective uh-huh. and with money. Yeah. Uh-huh. The, the benefit that you have around Brady and possibly around Mahomes is that you can just put cheap, average guys around them and they can make them great. That's, and, but with the Russell Wilson guy, I don't think you can really do that. Mm-hmm. He's still going to put up solid numbers, but is he going to get to a Super Bowl with those guys? No. I just Brady was able to get to his Brady was able to get to a Super Bowl with Gronk and that's it. Well, he also had a Hall of Fame coach and and we we can't forget too that whenever their right. offense was meh in in their terms, uh, the defense was usually really good. So Seattle has a great offset. coach. Yeah, but he's not he's not he's not Belichick. He's a great defensive coach. Yeah, but he's not Bill Belichick. I mean, I'm just one guy won a, like there's a different Super Bowls and the other guy, you know, won one and decided to throw it on the one yard line instead of giving it to Marshawn Lentz. So just so don't even give me that. All right. Yeah, Pete Carroll's not even in the same breath as Bill Belichick. Who doesn't run it there? God. I'm just saying there's a there's a different level between Russell Wilson and guys like Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. Brady and Mahomes are one A, one B in the league, and then there's about ten feet of Nothing. No. And then there's the other guys. Yes. No. Yeah. Tom Brady's not better than Russell Wilson right now. That's not. That's not true. That's fake news. Maybe not right now, but two years when they were making sure. it to three straight sure. Super Bowls. Yeah, there was sure. a difference. <sighs> San Francisco, Seattle, Atlanta, forever on my crap list because they could not close <laughs> the deal against the Patriots. Just. Forever, you have failed me. Nick Foles and Eli Manning, heroes. Should be statues all across America for them, pioneering them. They went to, what, four and five? Uh, four, so four Super Bowls in five years? The Patriots? Yeah. Is that right? I don't know. It was a long time. It was, it was a long time. Or five and six? They, the one outlier was Super Bowl 50. Did I say San Fran lost to the Patriots? I mean San Fran not beating Kansas City. That's what I meant. Yeah, uh, but ten. Come on, man. Why do these teams do this to me? Why do I get so wrapped up in this? I can't handle sports. It takes years <laughs> off my life, like Mason Plumley. Dang, yeah, Mason Plumley. 
You know, it doesn't take years off my life. This podcast, <laughs> it brings me joy. Except for when we have to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. And we hope it brings joy to your life as well. We want to thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. All of you guys that uh, that watched on YouTube, shout out to you. I, I commented back a little bit. We didn't get to Brandon's comments today from the from the last video of all the people. He oh, no, but thank you to all those people who commented. That yes. was entertaining to yes. us, too. Trust uh, me. it's I, I don't understand him look, either. I, I was tried to get just bringing... I was just bringing up an idea of what GMs are thinking when you have to pay these guys half your salary cap. Yeah, well, do you want I was to win, just, just bringing up an win? idea of what to do, and then people got a little upset. They got very upset. <laughs> there was name-calling, threats being made. No, I'm just kidding. There was none of that. But thanks for tuning in today. Thanks for everybody that's going to listen wherever you can find your podcast, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Overcast, Radio Public. We thank you for tuning in. You can follow us on Twitter. There's a lot of casts. If you didn't you didn't catch the theme, there's a lot of casts in all these things. Follow us on Twitter at Brandon underscore Stoll for Brandon, at Stephen Priest Jr. for myself. Don't give me a VEN. Again, I will block you. Don't disrespect me like that, like the Kansas City Chiefs have. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll be back on Friday. Maybe then we can get to some of those comments. I don't know. We'll, we'll have a good show for you guys on Friday. Have a good rest of your week. Until Friday, we'll see you then. This has been the Behind the Glass Sports Podcast. 